0: Hey, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Naturalist Capitalist and our 20th installment of The Four Horsemen. Still have only had one removed. I'm sure we'll uh, we'll be able to outdo that number pretty soon. But uh, I'm pretty amazed I'm still on YouTube this late into the year. Honestly, I thought 2022 was going to be it, especially with all the uh, Russian and Chinese propaganda I've been spouting from here. But we're still here, so we'll take it as long as we can. I hope everyone's holding in there well. It's been a kind of crazy week. Uh, we had the, the instead of the red wave, we had a blood clot and the fallout from that's been interesting. I'm sure we'll get into it in the show. But anyway, first of all, I wanted to introduce uh, President Trump and ask him why he thinks um, Ron DeSanctimonious did so well and his endorsements didn't really, uh, you know, fare as well as he had hoped.
1: Well, Reed, thank you for having me. I'm a very big fan. I love nature. I love natural and I love capital. Okay. I really do. But uh, De Sanctimonious is a loser. He didn't really do that well in Florida. He got a lot of dead people to vote for. him. he got a lot of uh, people in the villages who normally would vote for me. But let me tell you, Tuesday, I'm going to make a very big announcement. And by the time I'm done with De Sanctimonious, he's going to be gator feed in the Everglades. Believe me. Believe me.
0: Number 20, Reed. Holy shit. It's amazing, it's awesome. man. It's awesome, dude. Yeah. Uh, we got Ryan, who just came out to the United States for like the fifth time in one year. He really needs to move back. But, you know, things are not really going well here, so he's not going to. But how was your uh, conference out there, Ryan, in Texas?
2: Conference is great. Every time I go to the U.S., though, I feel like I'm in prison. Oh, I'm curious, the one you had removed, was that the uh, the topic was 9-11?
0: Correct, with uh, Fitzgerald and... Uh, Did it- was it removed uh, for
2: bullying i don't remember <laughs> because richard gage and those little lilies like to flag everything for bullying if you debunk their nonsense
0: i know eric and i went on kyle's show and we talked about epstein and pizzagate and uh john podesta and that one got removed <laughs> for bullying we got removed for bullying billionaire pedophiles so um,
2: yeah you know that they happens. did that that would too because they, I... they flagged it for bullying you're bullying maxwell Oh, you hurt me. You injure me. You injure us. Because <laughs> I, I talked about the real Pizzagate shit, not the, the
1: fucking pizza shop. There's a sex ring dungeon there. I talked about the real stuff behind it. So, Dude, Texas was we, great. Yeah. And Scott
2: Ritter had another event up in Massachusetts that he ended up, they canceled on him. Uh, even though they'd already got the venue and he'd already bought the books and all that. I'm like, hell, you could have just come to Texas.
0: Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> We should have come to Texas, too. I mean, the fucking it'd be, it'd election turned out to be a joke. But anyway, speaking yeah, of the there election. Yeah, the Ron Paul
2: McAdams event, too, that we went to. I was not part of that. I just went to it, and then I had to hold my own. Yeah. A little too uh, edgy to be in that, I think.
0: Uh, speaking of the election, we've got Jeremy Kaufman's campaign manager, and he's here to explain why we had such a poor showing. It's basically all his fault.
3: <laughs> Entirely my fault. Entirely my fault. It's- Justin O'Donnell. How are we doing tonight, man? <laughs> We're doing great. I just got one question. I'm like Ryan. You say you you, you feel like you're suffocating. You don't have freedom every time you come to the United States. But you live in a country that has a fucking emperor.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and
3: <laughs> it
0: doesn't reflect kindly on
2: us. I mean, I, if we have an emperor with no power, you live under a bunch of plutocratic pedophiles,
3: dude. We have
0: a.
2: I, god I haven't paid taxes in ten years. Well, oh, that's good. I don't that's start god good. emperor. <laughs> you don't pay sales tax? No, I live in New Hampshire. Not in New Hampshire? Well, on gas, we you don't you have do, a sales right? tax. We don't have a sales tax in New Hampshire.
0: Nope. Awesome. Yeah. What do you? Yeah, Justin. What do you? Realist? I mean, when you buy gas or food, that's it, basically, right? You can't really escape that.
3: I mean, food you can because you just. I just don't buy fucking fast food. Right. I cook. You don't pay a room and meal tax. That's it.
2: So
3: gas is, gas. <laughs> gas is legitimately the only tax you're paying here if you want to live off the dollar and don't have a W-2 and don't want to support the tyrants that want to kill you.
2: Mm-hmm. You're not paying the inflation tax? They no, I bought Bitcoin
3: money. at $13.
0: Because <laughs> you bought it at $13 with how it's doing lately.
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, I wasn't allowed. I was banned on the exchanges. I didn't buy it on an exchange.
3: None of these changes because anybody who's anybody who's like into crypto for the right reasons could have told you the exchanges were stupid fucking ideas. You have to have an exchange to cash out and get your money. No, you don't. You just live on it. I pay my fucking rent in crypto. I buy my groceries in crypto. I've I paid for gas this morning with crypto.
2: All right, well, none of that's available where I live.
3: Well you're so fucking free. (laughs) Just off the grid. I'm off the grid. Yeah.
2: I am free because I live in a first world country that isn't at war everywhere and uh, paying for genocide and apartheid.
1: The Japanese aren't doing that that's true And you know uh, you know what was based Ryan is uh, Abby Martin was just in Japan protesting the bases with the Japanese who want all of, you know our bases out of there. So she's got some
3: some yeah, footage coming fair, up with that. All it took to stop them was two firework shows. Oh Good God,
2: God. <laughs> Yeah, that's hilarious.
1: O'Donnell, he's dude. He's
3: coming to it with the fire instantly. Reed,
0: yeah, that's how he rolls. Um,
3: so, how have so you only had one episode taken down? That's my question.
0: Uh, I don't know, man. Some of the stuff that's still up on there, I'm not sure how.
3: <laughs> like, I'm shocked that you haven't up. had LPNHS Twitter taken down the past like week just because of how hard you've gone after Israel.
2: Well, we, we don't know who runs that. Yeah, that's right. Know. Those are anonymous
3: <laughs> anonymous yeah. trolls.
2: By the way, I did uh, just
0: appeal my uh, suspension from Twitter for like the third time. Uh, no response this time yet, but um, a lot of people are wondering about that. I don't. Th- I still don't think anything has technically changed. I haven't seen a tweet saying that the terms of services are any different. The terms of service are any different, so um, I'm not sure that. No,
3: I think the unbannings have been completely selective based on who Elon wanted to see back on the platform like he no, wanted to he kanye to... back on the platform so he unbanned kanye he didn't actually t- change the terms and conditions to just man kanye was never people.
2: banned kanye was suspended and his time limit ran out and he got back on automatically he has to bring up a board and then have the board bring in the unbanned i don't have much faith in it
0: yeah did you see the people he's choosing to help him come up with uh new terms of service like the adls on there and um, a bunch of the same. I mean, he got rid of some of the individuals that were on there, but a lot of the uh, looks like a lot of the organizations that are going to help with it are all the same still.
2: Yo Roth quit. That's good. He rage quit. <laughs> That's one that was the guy principally responsible for blocking the stories about Hunter's laptop. Ah, uh, of course, Hunter well, worked mean- for Ehor Kolomoisky.
3: It's still a California-based company, and fucking I'm Devin Archer. It, has he re, is he going to dissolve the uh, corporate structure in California and like reconstitute some, the company somewhere else? Because if not, his board requirements are still dictated by state law, and California is going to require he has X number of minorities, X number of gays, and X number of women on any board he constitutes within the company.
0: I thought he moved to Texas. No, or is, it doesn't matter because Twitter still out of California. It doesn't matter
3: where you live. It matters where the company's registered.
2: <laughs> Guys, I think I'm out with this fat faggot making the Hiroshima joke. Y'all can uh, enjoy the show without me.
3: Wow. That's the wow. fucking limit for him? That was, wow.
1: That was a that was a plug. That was pulling the plug.
3: <laughs> God, I thought he was supposed to be the offensive one. He's a fucking little coward who can't handle a one, one joke.
0: Wow. Wow. <clears throat> Um
1: <laughs> DeSanctimonious. <laughs> Ron DeSanctimonious is mad at me. He doesn't he doesn't like what I call them. Oh
4: well, God, <laughs> it took him a few <laughs> minutes Donald's
3: to realize like it was a Hiroshima thing. joke, too. Like
0: uh <laughs> this is awkward.
1: <laughs> How are we feeling about Tuesday Reed?
0: Uh, I don't know. Um, you mean last Tuesday?
1: Well, yeah, I'll Let's... talk about the election first and then
3: what the, the show that we're going to be treated to this Tuesday from Mar-a-Lago.
0: Oh, yeah. Is he actually going to announce, you think? Or? He said yeah.
3: he's going to make an announcement regarding I mean, 2024. I mean, he didn't I mean, say whether he's going to run or endorse somebody. Or It's clearly not going to be Ron DeSantis's endorsement. We know that much. Mike, yeah.
1: also, Mike also said he's going to announce a new book on Tuesday. It ends up not being the <laughs> presidential announcement. We have a children's book coming out with a forward by Jeffrey Epstein from the grave. Okay. It's going to be unbelievable. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be good. I mean, we we'll, all eyes will be on, on Mar a Lago for sure.
3: Yep. Um, Oh, is it going to be Marlowe? Is it going to distract, like, from Blake Masters still losing in Arizona after a week?
1: I never heard of Blake Masters. I don't know who he is. I never endorsed him. He's a loser. He's like, if everyone wins, I get the credit. If people lose, uh, I, I cannot be blamed. He can't. Be That's how I that. feel
3: about managing their campaigns.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you right the campaign manager.
3: Yeah. So, uh, I mean, Trump has been talking about Arizona all week as if it's going to make a fucking difference. Um, but, like, is anybody actually surprised by this little thin blue wave we had?
0: I was. I really thought everything was going to swing. Um, I thought everything was going to swing right. I thought, so maybe I was, um, maybe I, I, obviously I was wrong. I thought not just with the elections, but I thought like people, were becoming more right-wing in general just from i mean i got an echo chamber and it's all anecdotal but uh you know um the way uh i don't know i thought like the ultra progressive stuff that's kind of shoved down people's throats was pushing
3: the moderates in a more right-wing direction but Apparently
4: not. No, like, so,
3: I went out door knocking and just talking to independents, door knocking and campaigning. It felt like everyone was leaning right. People all they cared about was inflation, inflation. And one random independent voter even started bitching at us about ESG scores. And that was the one thing he was voting based on. Um and like I was expecting a red wave, but then when it happened, it's turned into a thin blue wave instead. I'm like, yeah, it's actually not that surprising. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I had it wrong. Uh, I thought Baldick was going to win, even though that the last like week uh, was was just awful for him. Um, I still felt there was enough anger and resentment towards the Democrats that he was going to eat something out, but didn't happen. And Mike was right. He said Maggie Hassan was going to win, and Mike was right about that. So,
3: Sensei Fitzgerald.
4: Good evening, gentlemen.
3: How are we? Oh, how's it going, Adam? Hello. See, Adams apparently a little bit harder to offend.
4: Well, well, I have anything to be offended about?
1: I mean, I, I can understand, man. That was—I mean, I, that was pretty. That was cringe. That was pretty cringe. But Grin- you thought know, that was—that
3: was cringe. It wasn't fucking. I, I hadn't even gotten started. Jesus Christ! Uh, he he gets up and chooses violence every day. Read
4: you... every he single does. morning. That's what Justin, it's does. a way of life. Well, we had a couple of things happening during the week, actually. So there was a huge story, actually, and nobody reported on it, as usual, because it's 9 That's why. Uh, the release of the uh, ever-awaited interview between Bush and uh, Cheney was actually released this week under the Biden administration. Were
1: there a lot of redactions? Which one was added? that?
4: Uh, the nine eleven Commission went and interviewed uh, George Bush and Dick Cheney uh, they they weren't under oath. And uh, that uh, interview actually was taken on dictation on paper, and it wasn't recorded, actually. So um, it was finally released uh, this week. And it did show that uh, Bush and Cheney uh, definitely um, had a shoot-down authority, but until <laughs> after all the planes were hijacked and crashed. So, it really didn't matter about the shoot down authority whatsoever. So,
3: well, I mean, what could a shoot down authority that early when they weren't armed? I mean, the planes that took off out of Otis in New Hampshire, um, like the pilots have come out and open, like, and even all the, uh, tapes from the air traffic control conversations between the air force pilots, the air and New Hampshire air national guard pilots and ground control. Like they didn't have missiles. They got up and they were in the air unarmed and they were told, uh, at one point a pilot asked, what are we even supposed to do? And his flight commander responded, hope your ejection seat works.
4: Yes, you'd be right. Actually. And with us, um, just to point out flight 93, there was a air national guard, uh, pilot, Heather Penny actually was going to crash into Flight 93 and eject after doing so. Um, Nevertheless, but uh, it was quite revealing that uh, the the military chain of command was actually broken on 9-11, just as I thought. Um, Dick Cheney is the vice president, but he's not uh, part of the chain of command. And um, with Rumsfeld uh, evacuating out of the Pentagon and George Bush in Air Force One, The only person at the uh, emergency command center was uh, Dick Cheney of all people. So there you have it.
3: Well, not like there was much to command anyways. I mean, after the post Gulf War drawdowns, um, The U.S. Air Force didn't even have the capability to successfully patrol or enforce a no-fly zone over North America. In the wake of 9-11, they had to call in NATO for assistance. And it was actually the Italian Air Force that protected the U.S.'s East Coast against potential attacks.
4: Yeah, and also after the Cold War, uh, we had a a decrease of air air defense uh, because we didn't have a, a verified enemy, so... A lot of uh, interesting things uh, in that 31-page uh, document, and um, also, of course, uh, read you was saying about the <laughs> the red wave that fizzled. Yeah, Boy, that was a disaster, but not totally actually. So they all they did was switch sides. Uh, the Senate belongs to the Democrats, and the House belongs to the Republicans. And the one thing that uh, is uh, uh, quite evident is that the country remains divided. And they're blaming the libertarian. I saw this, too. They're blaming Libertarians for it. I saw Chase Oliver being blamed uh, for um, um, interfering with uh, some votes that could have went to Herschel Walker.
3: <laughs> are, are you telling me that a single Republican in Georgia who would have voted for a MAGA Republican instead chose to vote for a gay progressive? Yeah. That's, that's what I thought, too. Like, so many... What?
0: Well, first of all, so many of the races, it didn't matter. Like in New Hampshire, for example, like, I mean, Mm -hmm. a lot of people didn't even bother blaming us. I think they did it first, but then it just kind of evaporated.
3: Did it matter Um, anywhere? Even in Georgia, like they have a runoff. And like, here's what I actually don't get about Georgian libertarians. Like they run to try and force a runoff. What's the point? You didn't actually spoil anything because all you did was throw it to another race where they get to determine how it turns out without you affecting it. So, like, you can't even claim that victory long-term because they're going to go to a runoff. They're going to figure out how your supporters would have voted. Yeah.
4: So what does this mean for the Libertarian Party in general? I mean, um, they had uh, one decent showing with Kaufman, and, um, you know, Chase uh, Chase Oliver was up against Mountain and Mohill. But does this mean that the uh, Libertarian Committee will continue to be that third party that everybody needs?
3: There's a difference between continuing to be that third party and continuing to be the third party that everybody needs. and What everyone needs and what everyone wants are two different things too. Like let's face it, there is no political solution at the federal level and just running against the wall, hoping it's going to be different next time is just a recipe for fucking disaster. If you can run at the wall and have fun doing it, like we had a blast with Kaufman's campaign. It was super fun to do it, but Mm. like, if you're not having fun and you don't have a goal other than winning the election or spoiling the election, why waste your time and money?
0: Yeah, that's how I feel. Like, I don't, I mean, I've disagreed with a lot of Republicans who want to run as Republicans because they end up catering to the Republicans on so much shit. So, you know, it's like, why even run? If you get in there, you don't change anything. But I think you can also run as a Republican without being. You know, a sellout. You can, I mean, you don't have to, you know, give into their demands, especially on a lower level. I mean, if you're running for president or something, it's a little bit different. But who cares? Like, if you're running for a local office, and even if you're running for governor or something, like, why? I mean, we we had to. What was it, Justin? Get three thousand. Uh, we I think we got three thousand signatures, but we had to. We ended up getting more, like six thousand or something, nope. just in case there were mistakes or doubles or you know, incorrect information or whatever. And, you know, we had to do all that just to get on the ballot. And then on top of that, most people don't bother voting for anything other than Democrat or Republican anyway. So I don't know. It does seem like kind of a huge waste of time.
1: I think one of the best moments, though, was Shane Hazel in that gubernatorial debate with Goldenberg, uh, mm. Abrams and uh, <laughs> Dick, Dickhead there, Kemp. And uh, he, he just was fire man And really showed what can happen when a libertarian gets in there with some wind in their sails and can show the alternative to the people. Now I know the, the outcome is not what libertarians would want, but nonetheless, it was exciting to see someone up there saying those things and calling them both out, especially the governor there about what happened with
3: COVID and all that super stuff. exciting. That like, was, like su- was awesome. super exciting to hear somebody actually speak truth to power in that kind of manner and just be that yeah. blunt force object injecting itself into the system but at the end of the day he got 0.7 percent and had no impact on it even standing there even on a televised debate even having his name his face and his ideas put in front of every georgian voter they still chose evil yeah i mean i know it yeah him him being in the debate
1: was great for twitter and for clips and everything and it energized people who were excited to finally see an alternative in there but yeah I, i don't know so going forward what's what's the uh you know what's the end game really is it just keep doing that having little bits of impact or
3: well my end game is to stop giving money to the libertarian national party stop giving effort and support to the libertarian national party stop giving your time and energy to people who don't know how to win and don't want to learn how to win and are willing to throw it away and just dump it into a garbage fire of unnecessary losses and wasteful spending because that's what it is. We're supposed to be the fiscally responsible fucking party here. And we're sitting here just burning money every election season and focus on things that matter. Your city councils, your school boards, your all board of aldermen, your local elections and your state house. And, Don't freaking wait for the Libertarian Party to give you an option, because if that option is being hindered by ballot access and the systems that exist, I have no respect for those systems. Why should anybody else have respect for those systems? If you live in a blue city, throw a fucking D next to your name, run on a platform of libertarianism, and I guarantee you, you still have a solid chance of getting elected if you get through the primary, because the average voter won't know what you stand for. They're just going to see the letter and check a box. But then all of a sudden, you'll be in a position to make a difference and improve the lives of yourself and your neighbors.
1: But well, the biggest victory, Reed, was Fetterman, right?
0: Oh, yeah. So um, I got a clip. You we got, got to a play. Clip. This guy is now in the Senate. <laughs> this is incredible. And I think this is just incredible. How much do you Sir love Fetterman, him, Reed?
1: I do have a specific question, which you can continue on this topic. But you have made two conflicting statements regarding fracking. In a 2018 interview, you said, quote, I don't support fracking at all, I never have. But earlier this month, you told an interviewer, quote, I support fracking, I support the energy independence that we should have here in the United States. So Mr. Fetterman, please explain your changing position, 60 seconds. Uh, I, I've, I've always supported fracking. And I always believe that independence with our energy is, is critical and we can't be held you know, you know ransom to somebody like Russia. Yeah, you know, I've always believed that energy independence is critical, and I've always believed that, and I do support fracking. I've never taken any money from their 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 industry, but I support how critical it is that we produce our own energy
3: and create energy independence. I must correct the record. Uh, he-
1: just a second, Mr. Oz, I do want to clarify something. You're saying tonight that Oz. you support fracking, that you've always supported fracking. But there is that 2018 interview that you said, quote, I don't support fracking at all. So how do you square the two? Oh, uh, I, 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 do I support didn't pause fracking the video, by the way. And <laughs> I don't I don't I support fracking and I stand and I do support fracking.
0: OK, thank you, mm. Mr. Federer. Dude. Yeah. So that's <laughs> see, see. I I, I think it's better off that he. Uh, I, I think it's better off that he won than Oz because Oz is just a Democrat with a Republican veneer. But I mean, if you look at his policies, he's basically a centrist Democrat. Where uh, Fetterman, he's just like a you know blatant in your face literal retard you know at this point and i don't feel i don't know i don't feel bad making fun of the guy like some people are like you can't make fun of him because of what happened to him i mean if you're gonna still run for office after you're that disabled that visibly and audibly disabled like i I don't know i i think you know all bets are off you can people can say whatever they want about you i mean there's this idea that discrimination is bad and there's different types of discrimination like if the government is not giving you basic human rights based on the color of your skin or something, that's bad discrimination. But there's good and sensible discrimination that happens every day. When you apply for a job and you have to sign an application and you have to prove that you have past work experience that makes you qualified for your job, that is discrimination. You know, if you're going to make the football team or if you're going to, you know, uh, just like all these different... Um, bars you have to reach that's all discrimination and there's some people who think that's bad and i don't know i think if you're going to be running for one of the most one of the 100 most powerful seats in the country then um you know discrimination is a good thing and discriminating you you you, for not being able to understand being able
1: to be pilots yeah not allowing the blind to be pilots
4: Let me ask you guys a question. I want to get your thoughts. Do you think the only reason why one of the reasons why the Republicans did so poorly was that they had ill qualified candidates like Dr. Oz and Herschel Walker uh, uh, running?
1: Yeah, the the lack of quality of candidates definitely didn't help.
3: I mean, yeah, Oz and Herschel Walker. I mean, that's just a that's a complete joke. Or Blake Masters, or Don Bolduc, or... Uh, has anybody actually run down the list of Tulsi Gabbard endorsements and see how they turned out?
0: <laughs> hey, Chuck Grassley won. He got re-elected.
3: Okay, one for J- 20 is still J.D. 5%. Vance won.
0: J.D. Vance. Uh, we're still holding out on Herschel Walker. He might get there. You know, he's got a chance, which I've it. been rooting for him before it was like a 50-50 with the Senate. You know, I mean, I know technically now the Democrats have it, but... Um, you know, I just want him in there. I think Fetterman and Walker being in there is, you know, a huge be, service to democracy.
1: That would be everything. It's a service for the meme war and for honking for honkers around. But yeah, well, it... also, Adam, there's a huge, you know, battle within the Republican Party between MAGA and the people who want to just are done with Trump and move away from him and try and run less cartoonish and clownish people for office. So I think it, yeah like I Mitt think Romney definitely definitely like you know Ron DeSantis. part of it. Yeah, de Sanctimonious.
3: Well, I mean, what's the difference between Ron DeSantis and Trump other than one can spell when he tweets?
0: (laughs) I think um, so. I think this is very weird, but I'm going to defend Trump a little bit, which I haven't done much. So I think uh, Trump, you know, was I, I don't think he really gives a shit about the U.S. Empire. I don't think he really gives a shit about the Saudis or the Israelis or any of it. Like, I don't think he really actually cares. He just does whatever people around him tell him to do because then they'll pat him on the back and make him feel good. I mean, he's just like a completely self-absorbed egotistical maniac. So that might not sound good. And it isn't for the most part, because then they could trick him into doing anything he wants. But his incentives were actually, you know, if there had not been any external pressure, his incentives seemed to be less interventionist. Like he was like, I don't really know why we're, Arming Great. these rebels against Ron DeSantis
3: uh, released an ad that says he was sent by God.
0: I know. Well, I'm, that's where I'm going with this. So, <laughs> Trump, uh, you know, like I feel like his incentives, even though he was always, uh, you know, he was always hijacked and pushed into the, you know, in the wrong direction. His incentives were a little bit toward us, a little bit, not nearly enough. And like he obviously did want to get out of Afghanistan. He didn't want to keep arming the rebels against Assad, um, where I think DeSantis like fully wants to do all that stuff. I don't think I mean, look at his record in Congress. He wanted to I think he introduced a bill to establish Russia as like a terrorist state and say that they were unlawfully, uh, you know, um, uh, occupying Crimea. And he's done like all these anti-terrorism bills. Uh, and these are things he introduced, not things he just voted for. So to me, his incentives are very neoconservative. I don't really see him, uh, you know, holding anything back.
1: Yeah, he's, he's definitely, I mean, his time in Congress, we've talked about it read before when, uh, the sanctimonious was in Congress. He's, he's an interventionalist and, you know, neocon foreign policy to the max. Whereas like you said, Trump, whatever he does, it's motivated to make him, Look as good as possible and stroke his ego and his vanity. So, um, yeah. Has hey, I mean,
3: pack ever given Trump money?
0: Yes, I'm pretty sure.
1: Oh, I mean, yeah, with Kushner there and all those ghouls that he had around,
4: I would I wouldn't be surprised at all. <clears throat> but I think the Jewish lobby, especially J Street and uh, AIPAC see the uh, major difference between a DeSantis and a Trump. Actually, DeSantis uh, has made no. Um, no qualms about uh, his wish to military invade Iran. Something that Trump has held back on. In fact, that's one thing that Israel basically mm-hmm. criticized Trump over was basically uh, Trump's unwillingness to engage with Iran or even North Korea, for that matter. Actually, he was better for foreign policy than uh, past presidents, Republican and Democrat. It's the only yeah. saving grace for Trump. Actually, he continued the wars of the Bush Obama period. I mean, Libya. I mean, uh, Syria and Afghanistan, and Iraq, but at the same time, he didn't engage in any new ones, which is so, like I said, the only saving. Not question.
3: for lack of effort.
4: The
1: bar is low. Well, well, yeah, no. but I, I, he, yeah.
4: Well, listen, I'm not <laughs> hey wait wait I'm not yeah, defending no. Trump by any means. But if we're going to compare Trump to say Obama, yeah. um, I'm going sure. to say Obama's a bloodthirsty maniac. Sure, right? but like not for not
3: for lack of effort. I mean, Trump did assassinate a top Iranian general just on a whim. Trump, was, Trump tried very hard to pick a fight with Iran. That was
1: the most worried I was the whole four years that he was, was <laughs> saying. Yeah, that's well, the most... Well, was
4: close. That's only because... Yeah. That, that's only because uh, that was the behest uh, of Israel. Qasim Soleimani was actually pressured by the Gulf, by the way. That was also a Gulf issue, as well as the Israelis. And you have, when you have two powerful lobbies, lobbying the United States to do something about the man who's actually eliminating the, uh, the, yeah. the, the enemy in uh, Iraq... Well, I mean, uh, Trump really had just about almost no choice. But, um, you know, that's I mean, after that, basically, a lot of people did think that we were that close to an engagement with Iran. And we were.
3: But um, no, we're still that close. Like Iran, Iran is a country that deals with revenge in a generational term. Like Iran took revenge against Israel for a bombing of a facility 30 years later. And, like, people were, like, shocked and didn't see it coming. They bombed, like, seven embassies across the world simultaneously. And everyone's like, why did you do that? Iran's like, because you blew up our research facility that happened, like, 30 years prior. Um, Like, Iran sits on shit and lets it cool and approaches things methodically and generationally. We don't know when they're going to respond to the assassination of Soleimani. It could be all of a sudden you see, like, 10 U.S. embassies get blown up across Europe on the same day. 10 years from now and Iran is going to be like ha ha we showed you.
4: Well I mean uh what would you do if you had t- teams of your nuclear scientists assassinated by members of the Mossad over the years which are backed by the United States blessing of the West and the coalition yeah the itself. I mean look there's I mean there's no winners here. This is almost like similar to people who criticize uh the United States in the, in the uh, Republican department, because, oh, we might be defending Putin to an extent, but yes, but at least we acknowledge that Putin is also a mass murderer. It's like, there's no clean hands here. So it's like, who do you, I mean, just like in voting, who do you, you know, do you select the lesser two evils? Well, that's what the majority of Americans uh, do anyway. But um, I mean, with Iran itself, I, I mean, they've been under threat uh, the sickle and hammer for the last 35 years. Yeah, but Adam,
0: they're almost—they almost have a nuke. We got it; like they'll have one in two weeks, <laughs> <laughs> two hours. Netanyahu, he said so.
1: Yeah, yeah for well, sure. I mean,
4: Netanyahu—that's why Obama basically fell out with uh, with Netanyahu all those years because Obama said he didn't want an Iraq two yeah, Adam, do that. you know
0: about the? I guess Scott Horton brought it up on the last show I did with him, but I uh, I don't. I haven't looked into it, but do you know about the Biden administration apparently released something saying that, yeah, Iran can't make a nuclear weapon and they never have been able to. And it's all bullshit. Do you know about that? Like what the document was or whatever?
4: The Atomic Agency actually came out a couple of years ago during the Obama administration and actually said that Iran has no capabilities of building a nuclear weapon because they've allowed uh, uh, the, um, uh, the team from the Atomic Agency, the IAEA, and basically, do audits of the uh, uh, quantities of your enriched uranium that they have, which is for energy purposes. And basically, they came out and wrote a report, 2015, basically suggesting that Iran has no capabilities to to uh, build a nuclear weapon at all. Um, and Iran's been quite open uh, about having audits and keeping up with the. Uh, the United States wish, and that's only because they want the release of those economic sanctions, which are draining the country so badly. And
3: they Grand want to keep AG. getting that Obama cash to fund their gender studies programs. <laughs>
0: yes, gender so studies. Do. Yeah, yeah. didn't. Or no, it was Pakistan. Was it Pakistan? We paid 20 billion or 20 million. Part of
1: the, part of the, um, the bill there, the, the COVID bill. Was yeah, stuck in there. Was, 20 million gonna, to Pakistan gonna, for the, gender the Democrats studies. Democrats want to send RuPaul over there and Caitlin Jenner to Pakistan to teach the Pakis on the border with the Indians about nip and tuck. <laughs> nip and tuck. It's a new procedure. Unbelievable. <laughs> to the tune of billions. Well, See, yeah. I always thought
0: gender studies in Pakistan was like throwing gay
3: people off of roofs or oh, something. Gosh. And like, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> like, <laughs>
1: it, could, it could be. They're pretty harsh well, over do- there.
3: I- Iran has, like, led the world in progressive gender studies. Like, they, they, Iran has had transgender protections since the 80s. Uh, and like their gender studies programs, Iran is a state-funded transition surgery for transgenders since the late '90s. Like, well, they, they, they still live... throw gays off of roofs, but if you're transgender, you're like bowed down to and given extra rights.
0: I was gonna say, if I lived in Iran, I'd probably want to transition to being a man if I were a female. <laughs> like, <laughs> What's well, the, the world other like
3: way that. around where you get respect? Like, women who transition to being men are just like mm. they're just told to, 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 to go play soccer. <laughs> right. But like men transitioning to be women in Iran, they're given all they get to retain all of the rights they had as a man while then getting all the respect they're due as a woman.
0: Oh, I see.
1: And I think they send a lot of them to Canada for that surgery. I saw a piece that Vice did years yeah. ago about this sort of thing in Iran, which was interesting. But yeah, I, I will say, Adam, those are two things I give Trump for, even though he bombed Soleimani. And I, I, that was awful. And I was very critical of him for that. We didn't start an, an all out war with them and he didn't, you know, invade Iran or anything like that. And then he went and met with Rocket Man. Now, even if that's just symbolic and nothing really huge came of it, we didn't bomb North Korea and we didn't oh, we didn't do regime change. And that's how low the bar is for how horrible our government and the presidents are that like I saw that and I love that. Mm-hmm. And cheered. Mm-hmm. I cheered Trump for that and thought it was great. Plus the spectacle of it. You know, I appreciate the comedy and the spectacle of Donald Trump over there at the DMZ with fucking rocket man holding hands and, you know, singing uh, YMCA by the village people. You know, I thought that that was just incredible. So if anything, we need him to get back in there for 24 and, and invite rocket man to the white house and have a, have a summit in a parade, but we're going to do a parade. I'm going to show rocket man, my weapons. He always gets to parades his around in Pyongyang. I never get to do that here. I'm going to do it this time. Believe me.
0: So I wonder if, you know, I always thought if DeSantis is the nominee, he just wins in a in a landslide, but after Tuesday, I'm not so sure I believe that anymore. Um, you know, and it's a couple things. One is the uh, the Republicans don't. This is very obvious in New Hampshire. The Republicans don't have the ground game the Democrats do. The Democrats have the get out the vote thing on lock. You know, they get college students out there. They literally. They were talking about it on WMUR. They literally bust them from unh to the polls where they need to go they had buses go there and you know say which polling station they were going to and pick kids up and bring them directly was there lines
3: like i have never waited in a line to vote before like it's usually going there might be like a handful of people it takes a few minutes to get your ballot go vote i went at 8 30 in the morning first thing in the morning and there was a fucking line out the door to vote mm. uh, and i'm in a very blue district i live in um but like it was very young people and then like it took time to get in the door once they got in the door the line wasn't for people to get their ballots the line was for people to register to vote so they could yeah. then get their ballots right it was all new voters
0: and so correct me if i'm wrong but i believe in new hampshire you don't need to be a citizen of new hampshire you just need to have a domicile and to get an
3: id to vote and that's all you need What is a citizen of New Hampshire other than you being living in the state? Like, states don't have citizenship in any defined or meaningful manner. That's just a term people throw around when they're trying to, like, be argumentative. Like, and it's usually state reps who don't know the first thing about election law. When they're like, we're not a citizen of the state. You fucking live here and you pay taxes here, you're a citizen of the state. And I'm sorry, when the only tax we have is rooms and meals tax, the college kids who eat at McDonald's every day probably pay more taxes than most New Hampshire citizens.
0: So, um, I mean, yeah, I guess driver's license is what, you know, but not everyone has a driver's license, I guess. So, I mean, because, uh, you know, so can you, let me ask this. So can you vote in two different States at the same time? How do they keep that from happening? If you're a college federal
3: law, that's a federal crime. There's no state prohibition against that. Like, but it's a felon. It's a federal election crime.
0: So how do they keep track
3: of that? They keep they keep track of who voted, and it's nothing you can do to prevent somebody from casting that vote. Um, but it is like you investigate it after the fact. You can compare the voter rolls who showed up to draw a ballot. And do they fact, actually
0: do that though? Do they actually yeah? Like, no. Arizona cross check with New Hampshire and make sure no student that's going to UNH voted in Tucson and in Danbury or something. <laughs>
3: It's up to you. Uh it's up to you to do it. Like if it like or request it to be done, there was an audit after the twenty twenty election and they caught a whole bunch of people. Uh there was a couple in New Hampshire, an elderly couple that was prosecuted for it. Um, dipshit that was running for Congress in the first district, I forget his name, but he was a Trump stan. Um Matt Mowers. Matt Mowers was being investigated for casting ballots in both New Hampshire and New Jersey. In
1: Jersey, yeah. He's a Christie lackey. Yeah. Yeah.
3: So, like, they do go after people occasionally for it, but here's the difference: the elderly couple that had a house in the lakes and a house in Massachusetts, they got prosecuted for it. Matt Mowers just got condemned for it because he was he's part of the political elite.
1: He got Christie to come up here and eat
0: barbecue with him.
3: Yeah.
1: I wonder if Christie's going to run.
3: So, but no. So, is
0: there any legislative fix to that problem of college students voting? like has there been any bill proposed or any way to try to close that loophole
3: no because you have the right to register to vote same day and you don't even have to show proof of residency because in new hampshire you're they're not allowed to even ask you for id like you can't even be asked for your id or any documents when you register to vote but they're not
0: allowed to ask you for that because they did for me and if you
3: if you say no they they have to okay here's the thing sign the thing and send that you're you swear you live here and you promise, and we'll send you a postcard to the address you list, and then you have to return that postcard within a couple of months. But if it's sent to a vacant lot in Portsmouth, there's nothing we can do. Your vote still got counted.
0: Yeah. See, I don't think that's that's right. Like, I mean, this is I so some libertarians are like the you know maximum voting rights people, and I and I used to be that way, but once you realize voting is basically violence right like voting
3: is you want to know the terrifying thing sure the the voting like rights people the maximum voting rights people they compile the list of states where it's the easiest to the hardest to vote new hampshire is the hardest state in the country to vote in really
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. well i showed up here in peterborough they wanted my id and then they checked my name against the list and then gave Mm -hmm. me the ballot crossed me off and i went and voted and then i had to change my registration so i was I, I'm embarrassed to admit this. I was still registered as a Democrat because I voted for Tulsi, obviously, in the 20 primary. And I, I went and asked the woman, I'm like, "What? what is my registration? Because this would make <laughs> sense because I got disinvited to a fundraiser that I threw down $250 to go for a chance to get a VIP photo op with Mike Pence to get a picture with him. And I was going to come with a camera and, and troll him and film me doing Trump to him. Making fun of them, and, and you know that, that's why I did it. So, like a couple of days before the event, the county chairman, uh, one of the counties in New Hampshire, emailed me. He's like, "Yeah, man, we have to disinvite you. This is for Republicans only." And I was like, "Oh fuck, I'm probably still registered as a Democrat." So I went. I went and checked on election day, and I was. So that's I'm why saying, they lost. I said, "Get me, uh, what's that?" That's why they lost.
3: Like oh. If- If they're going to refuse to let people who aren't Republican come to their events, see their candidates, like hear their pitch, they're only campaigning to 28% of the state and they're telling independents, libertarians and Democrats to get fucked. We don't want your vote. Right.
1: That's what I said to him. I said, Hey man, I'm, you know, I'm an independent. Obviously I would never see myself voting for Mike Pence, but um, that's, that's bullshit. So I got my money back. So when I went to the polls uh, to vote, in this most recent election, I went right back to independent. So I'm an independent again. Read, I'm not with any party, none of the above.
0: I'm a Republican the- now. I I registered as a re- so they kind of fucked this up because I registered to vote for Bruce Fenton in the primary, mm. and I had to get it. You know, you have to yep. be a Republican to take the ballot. Right. And they said on your way out of here, you can re-register as an independent. Um, and I said okay, so I took the Republican ballot, went in and voted. And then on the way out, I was like, all right, I'd like to re-register as, as undeclared, which is independent here. And they said, uh, oh, yeah, you can't. You, you were supposed to do that beforehand. And I was like, OK, when can I do it next? And they just said, when do you vote next? And then this time I went in and got my ballot. And I said, all right, I'd like to, you know, re-register undeclared. And they said, oh, uh, well, you have to go back around and get in line and come back in again and do it if you want to. And I just I didn't bother. So. I'm still a Republican right now. Republican Reed. Reed. Reed's a great
4: Republican. <laughs> He's a great guy. He's a great guy. Yep. Well, Justin brings up an interesting point. It's something that uh, I was thinking similarly about on election night was that the the reason why the Trump Republicans did so poorly was because they basically <coughs> alienated every uh, opposition uh, in regards to um, going out and trying to reach the masses. So they, they're very insular people, they're very catered to their own. They don't care about the outsiders. And this is where the non-Trump Republicans actually did well. Um, so people like, I um, uh, forgot the, uh, the guy's name in Georgia, um, who uh, Trump basically didn't back and uh ran against Stacey abrams i'm sorry oh yeah
0: um Kemp. joe kent uh Kemp, thank you Kemp, yeah, brian, yeah. Kemp. Kemp, Kemp, brian Kemp
4: and uh desantis themselves. but the trump republicans did so poorly in these areas because i don't think they campaigned outside of their echo chamber and i think hmm. that came back and hurt them so that would kind of like right, libertarians point
1: yeah that's <laughs> a good point adam yeah same justin yeah pure pure echo chamber and um I don't know. It's just, it's getting so talk. I talk about this a lot with Reed, you know, when we're hanging out, it's just gotten so toxic and, and tribal and echo chamber and, and clicky. It's just, it's just like fucking high school. You know, mm. our our politics is a high school cafeteria and it's exhausting. It can be fun. You know, food fights are fun every now and then, you know, as we, we saw LPNH went to war with warthog, Megan McCain, you know, that was a great food fight for everybody. Just wait but, for Christmas. Uh, oh
4: God. Yeah. <laughs>
0: There's is, yeah there might there is, may or may not be a pre-scheduled tweet on every oh, federal holiday for uh, Miss Megan McCain. Let's just say she's Open not going to
1: like Justin O'Donnell's stocking stuffers. <laughs>
3: <laughs> let's just say there might be a postcard mail to every member of Congress. Oh
0: god. <laughs> I support this idea. I think it's great. Unbelievable. So yeah, we, so um yeah Adam, I'm, I'm agreed, sure sorry. well, I'm sure Adam saw this and I know obviously Justin saw it and you saw it Eric, but we, uh, it was LPNH versus APAC, um, over the last couple of days. <laughs> um, and I don't think it, so. I, I originally Tom Woods quote tweeted APAC saying that they win 95% of their, um, you know, they won 95% of their endorsed elections. Um, and he just said presented without comment. That was where we first saw it. And so we jumped on it. Uh, so here's our tweet that we made. The left thinks Russia meddles in our elections. The right thinks China owns most of our politicians. The truth is Israel does both. It's currently got almost 3000 likes. Um, And anyway, so we got condemned by stop anti-Semites, as we usually do, (laughs) saying that this was another blatant display of our anti-Semitism where uh where's the lie and what we said and where's where's the anti-semitism
3: too i don't see it at all well i, I um, think it's almost misleading for them to say we won 95 percent of our endorsed races well when you pick both horses in every race you're yeah, gonna win true. like yeah. i want to know what five percent they lost
0: yeah there's let's see thomas massey uh <laughs> and is that it
3: <laughs> is i don't
0: leave huh
1: What about Rand? I don't know. Rand might be
0: endorsed by APAC. You think? I have no idea. Like, he's he's one of those I'm not sure about. I I wanted
1: their money, and then I found out they were in bed with puberty blockers. (laughs) I said, no thanks. I don't want APAC's puberty blockers. So this was pretty amazing. This
0: this is the response we made. This video was put out by APAC, and uh, Ryan actually sent this to me this morning, so I saw it. But here it is.
1: welcome Senate Democratic leader.
3: The Senate Republican leader. Please welcome Speaker of the U.S. House of Representatives.
1: Please welcome Secretary of State.
3: I'm honored to introduce
1: the Vice President of the United States. Ladies and gentlemen, the President of the United States.
3: Please welcome back to the Apex stage, the Prime Minister of Israel. From day one, Israel found itself In a unique
2: alliance. The alliance between Israel and the United States of America. In the
1: United States, our support for Israel is bipartisan, and that is how it should stay. Our
2: strategic ally, our unbreakable friendship. America is safer when we stand with Israel.
4: Because if you care about American security, you must care about Israel's security.
2: My friends,
0: America and Israel, need you
1: more today than ever before. May God bless Israel. And may God bless the United States of America. Thank you.
3: That is the best ad the Libertarian Party never took advantage of.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we are taking advantage of it now.
3: But like, like right at the end there, it's the policy, not the party. No shit, because there's no difference in the parties. Like, yeah. God, I feel like we can make a great parody of that with Jeremy Kaufman.
0: <laughs> we we could have I. That's actually from a few. Uh, I think it's from 2019 too, or 2021 or something. It's not this year, but it was. I mean, they were bragging about it. Apex openly what? bragging about how we control your politicians and we interfere in your elections, and then we just basically said, "Yeah, you control." our elections, and interfere, and control our politicians, and then they got all mad that we said, it's like, look, you're openly mm. bragging about it. I don't and know. That's
1: not not even talking about uh Israeli blackmail ring uh, like no. Epstein ran. That That's that's just showing the stuff that they put in front of the cameras. That's mm. not talking about, you know, spying equipment that's found outside the White House, which I have to give credit to Politico. I actually ran a very big piece on that um, a few years back about the Israeli spying on the White House and getting mm-hmm. listening devices, you know, in and out of the White House. So, I mean, to, to anybody, it's obvious who, who's, uh, you know, not bought and paid for, we could speak freely about that and about the power and the influence that they have. And, you know, honestly, Kanye West is, is, is fucking opening the door for a lot of people who normally would stay very quiet about this. They're now like, oh, my God, you know, he's <clears throat> he's broke. Say what you will about what he said and what he's done. but Let's go to um,
3: DEFCON 1.
1: <laughs> you know Max Max Blumenthal, who's always been a great critic of Israel, you know a Jewish guy um, said some pretty interesting things about what Kanye is saying and the um ability to criticize Israel and APAC and the influence and power they have. so i I said this to read earlier. I really I feel like the needle's moving. I don't know what you guys think.
0: yeah, no, I think um, I mean the comments were certainly on our side in that. Exchange, mm. you know, they're like, What are you talking about? This is anti Semitism. Um, you know, it's just so obvious. Uh, the
3: only people upset are libertarians.
0: Uh, yeah, and a couple, yeah, true, it's true. No, I mean, you're right, true. it's like the fucking worthless libertarians. Um, who are <laughs> Archie Flower was tagging the ADL in response to Josh Smith <laughs> for some things he was saying the other day. It's just like, Dude, what is wrong with you? Like. When you're nah. taking those
3: people's side. But reminds me of that time that like half of the internet tagged the Oklahoma City federal uh, FBI chapter about one of my tweets.
4: Yes. Yeah.
2: I
3: mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's not <laughs> going to accomplish anything.
4: Well, I mean, to make it more obvious, Reed, they didn't deny what you just charged.
3: Right.
0: Yeah. It's
1: it's name just, calling. They resort to ad hominem and name calling without addressing ex- what exactly you're saying. Yeah and i just sent you that read the political piece mike dug it up for me but um yeah i mean it's it's it, more and more people are, are Justin you
0: see this the libertarian the, the nick sarwark libertarian caucus the libertarian <laughs> party gets money
3: from russia or china <laughs> where's my cut
0: yeah like, no kidding
3: i'll take a paycheck from anybody at this point you know i might not do what they want me to do but i'll t- i'll cash the check
0: This is what we want you to do. Justin O'Donnell for President 2024. The candidate government deserves. It's just full on
3: chaos. It's one of the worst ideas the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire has ever had. And And y'all had some pretty stupid fucking (laughs) ideas. Justin, might
1: you challenge Dave Smith for the nomination in 2024? Why would I put
3: myself through that?
1: I thought it was going to be his moment. Read, we we're going to. I think
0: it. you know maybe since we're talking about how the LP seems like a waste of time in a lot of ways, we should maybe run him for president as a Republican.
4: God no, <laughs> no, it, no. Well, what's the uh, whole uh, argument about the? Is it the top leadership of the uh, uh, LP, or is it uh, basically the um, the unsavory uh, characters behind it, or is it a mixture of both?
3: It's the political system in which we live. Like The Libertarian Party will never become a political solution at the federal level unless we can drastically and dramatically change the kind of system of government we live in. When we have a first-past-the-post electoral system and a democratic representative republic, we can't win. It's a two-party system. So trying to win with a third party when there's parties at all is never going to fucking happen unless you get a constitutional amendment to abolish political parties and make every election nonpartisan. And and I hate to say it publicly funded. So every candidate that makes it past a certain point in the primaries gets the exact same funding to work with. You're never going to stand a chance for an outsider or a rogue campaign to actually make a difference or make an impact. If we wanted to switch to a parliamentary system where you elect a parliament with proportional representation, then yeah, a minority party can still have a voice in those things. But like we don't have that system, that's not what we live in. And putting controls on the amount of money can be and limiting free speech isn't the answer either so you can't have the government come in here to regulate the competition in the political environment to try and give us a leg up the fact is there's just no political solution like you're better off trying to take the capital you the, the capital rioters on January 6th stood a bigger chance of making a difference for the political system in this country than the libertarian party does running candidates for US senate <laughs>
1: Hugh Shaman moved the needle yeah. that day.
4: Well, I I did I have to agree somewhat with Justin here because I did say that they had the right idea, but they went on the wrong wrong premise. Um, if they we would need to get have, a
0: buffalo suit and we'll be all set.
4: <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, the, the worst of the worst went to a riot and, and made him look foolish in doing so. But then again, you had a bunch of feds that were working with the Proud Boys and oath keepers that were there too. They were coming out and basically to. Right. T- t- to quote Thomas Jefferson
3: I'll say nothing of their motivations but has there ever been a rebellion so honorably conducted
1: <laughs> not even in Star Wars uh, I, I made that joke Adam at, at the uh, sh- comedy show that Reed and I did that Justin was at um, mm-hmm. where I said yeah January 6th it was half of them were retarded the other half were feds you know and, and we can't some-
3: tell which half was which
1: well then someone <laughs> said oh you mean so they were all retarded <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any of those clips, read perchance?
0: Uh, yeah, Justin filmed these for us. So. Yeah,
1: so we did a fun live um, Jackman Radio Naturalist Capitalist um, oh. podcast up at the Shell in Rawlingsford, New Hampshire, which is up on the coast. And uh, that was a lot of fun. We had one of my, my good friends who I went to college with, who's become a pretty big comedian in Maine. He opened for us, Ian Stewart. And then uh, he was he, actually pretty good. Yeah, he's a hell of a comedian, man. He's been at it for years, and he's uh, really well-respected, and he's, Way he's, a he's a funny guy. He's a funny guy. So um, Justin was kind enough to film um, us up there, so now we're just chopping up and putting some clips out. So we got a couple here that I would like to share with you guys.
0: All right, here we go. Here's the first one.
4: Uh, uh, Mr. President. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey, where's Jill? Oh, <laughs> <laughs>
4: he's doing the
1: dementia
0: macarena. <laughs> okay, Mr. President, the, the I, hired wom- I hired a black woman. I hired a black woman.
1: I grabbed her by the scruff of the neck and I went. Shh. I said, Is that cocoa powder? <laughs> oh man, I'm serious. I don't want to hunter and bow growing up in a racial jungle. But I'm woke, I'm not racist. What was your question? <laughs> Look, man, you want to go do some jumping jacks? out back! I'll go do them right now with corn popping. I'll put a finger up your ass. You know, figure out who's better, Hunter's. Hunter's a great man. Folks, Mr. Yeah, like President, <laughs> let me ask you about Hunter's biography. What's it called? God I mean, bless him. The forward? God bless my son, Hunter.
4: He's got a big, biting dick. <laughs>
3: I'm serious.
4: Look, look, man, you can't
1: go into a 7-Eleven or Dunkin' Donuts in Delaware.
0: Oh, we haven't even got to Biden. There you go. There's Joe Biden. No,
1: the crowd was great, man. There was probably like 40 people there. And um, it was just nice, man, because, you know, I've dealt with trying to do a similar show in a space. And Mike and I got canceled from the venue because we had had Ryan Dawson on our show. And they just, you know. They did. They they were like, oh, yeah, no, we don't want to associate with that. We're canceling you. This was like only less than two weeks before we were supposed to do the event. Um, So it was just refreshing to be able to go somewhere um, where free speech is actually a real thing. It's not just Mm. a theory. It's put into practice. And not only is it encouraged, it's celebrated. So we had a lot of fun.
3: I'm going to have to use this show as evidence now because there was somebody just like a week ago trying to demand I be canceled for my association with Ryan Dawson uh, just because I'm friends with Reed, who's friends with Ryan. I'm like, there's no association at all. I'm looking forward to making him upset. And it took less than five minutes.
0: It's too bad because you guys could have united on a lot, like, uh, you know, your hatred of the libertarians and Dave Smith and everything. <laughs> like, I, I didn't expect it to go this way. Maybe Justin... You are the cure that's going to bring Dave and Ryan back together. Their combined hatred of you might be able to do it. I'm not sure, but
3: Reed, do you have uh, the other, the other clip? As long as it, if hopefully it'll be something that can make Ryan passionate, because like I've only ever heard him speak with passion once.
0: What was the other clip, Eric? Uh, it's really quick. It's
1: on. Uh, it's on my Facebook. Um, Mike shared it. It's uh, it's like 24 seconds. The one where you're like, you guys were Kerry simps. I was a Bush simp.
0: It's, All right, it's, it's, really, out here. it's
1: really quick and punchy. I think Adam, Adam, if you haven't seen it, I think you're going to like it. It's really funny. <laughs> but it was, uh, yeah, it was fun. So we'll definitely, um, Scott runs that place or he booked us and he said, you know, we'll have to do something again. So we'll definitely like to go back up there and perform. We had a, we had a good time and it's nice to have a receptive crowd that, uh, you know, probably pretty hard to offend, I would say.
0: Yeah, no, it was good. New Hampshire libertarians tend to be hard to offend.
1: Yeah, and they got a sense of humor.
0: All right, here we go. I think I got it. Um...
1: and this we have a whole longer clip too on our Jackman Radio YouTube page. So we're trying to we're trying to get better about clips, you know, and getting shit out there. We know everyone's attention span is uh, is very short. Two minutes and twenty seconds. This is a good one. Yeah, twenty six seconds, guys. Yeah, come a long way. I think it's good to remind
0: ourselves where we've been though in the past. Yeah, like you guys were John Kerry sims. I was a George was. W. Bush Sims. So, yeah. uh, you know, <sighs> we can all. Uh, can you imagine if we saw ourselves now back then?
3: How horrified you <laughs> You need
1: to vote Democrat. Fuck George
3: Bush. And I found
1: out they're both cousins. They both masturbate in the same coffin at Yale.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah. That's How long ago one. was that, by the way? In
0: a few we, weeks.
1: We did it in October. That was uh, the second to last Friday of October. So. Like a month ago, and uh, no, it was a fun and, night.
3: It's fun. You guys only had one joke that bombed, and it was trying to tell everyone Dave Smith was great.
1: <laughs> I know. I was. I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, guys, how about Dave Smith?" And then it was just like, "Fucking crickets." <laughs> and I, I, I could feel O'Donnell in the back kind of snickering a little bit. Reed, you know, I could feel it. I could feel it. And then afterward, Reed's like, "Yeah, he, he he doesn't have any fans in that room." I was like, "Yeah, I can tell."
0: <laughs> He's got me. I'm a fan. Oh, still. yeah. Uh, no, I'm, a
1: th- I'm a fan of Dave's. I, I like Dave. But, hey, man, we all have our own opinions. We're all entitled yeah, to... The ever-
0: show's those- really putting a lot of uh stress on my friendships. I wasn't expecting all this tension between everybody. <laughs> here well, we are.
4: Let me, let me oh. try and play Peacekeeper. Is, is it really that much of a stressful difference between someone like Justin O'Donnell and Brian Dawson and Dave Smith? Or, you know, can there no. be... No. <laughs> that's okay, the okay, thing that's well, mind-boggling. What, what, what is it... Is it, is it basically a battle of egos or is it a battle? yes i don't have an ego and listen i have i've told people
3: from the beginning i'm not in this to make friends i'm not in this for self-promotion or to build myself up people freaking find me hilarious and i don't know why i think they're like they have something wrong with them because i'm not funny i'm just mean i'm just an asshole who doesn't give a shit who i offend and if people find that funny it should say more about them than it does about me Hmm. because i own what i am and i have no problem burning bridges with people who are doing nothing to accomplish or improve my life so like dave smith to me is a larper he fucking can't drive and he lives in new jersey he has no intention of moving he has no intention of actually seeking out greater liberty but he tries to make his voice heard about races that don't impact his life and speak about himself as some kind of fucking guru for the new libertarian movement and by all means if people want to take his advice fucking take it but i don't give two shits about him and i have no problem burning that fucking bridge because he has never and will never do anything to improve liberty in new hampshire and improve my life in new hampshire so like until he does such a thing which i don't think he ever will i have no qualms about burning that bridge ryan if he wants to live under a fucking literal empire who just elected, I think their new prime ministers actually changing history books to say that the Chinese uh, had it coming in Nanking in fucking Manchuria, uh, and is teaching people that the Japan was the uh a victim of World War II and US imperialist policy, and that the US put them up to Manchuria and Nanking, but the Chinese still had it coming and Japan did nothing wrong. I have no problem telling Ryan that that's fucking stupid to think you live in a freer country where you don't have free speech. Like, at least here in the U.S., while you might get, like, taken off of YouTube, you're not going to go to fucking jail yet
4: for voicing stupid opinions. Okay, now what do do you, you three have in common?
3: I don't know. I actually think Ryan is right on a lot of the things he points out about Israel. I just think if he spoke in a more passionate manner, people would pay attention. Like, look, Alex Jones is a fucking idiot. 90% of what Alex Jones says is made up fake and gay and based in some kind of reality that he's manufacturing in his mind. But people listen to him and people believe him because he's passionate when he speaks. But Ryan speaks in a monotone tone. And even though he's saying everything correct and everything right, ding it's nobody's gonna pay attention because he's boring his shit ding and that's my biggest criticism of ryan well hey, dave Smith, dave a fucking hack the the honestly i care about the free state project much more than the libertarian party of the liberty movement dave smith is trying to build a big profile for himself um the one egotistical thing I'll do for myself is the biggest thing Dave Smith could do to help the Free State Project is just simply send a tweet promoting people to go download my book for free while it's still available for the next 24 hours. But he, he wouldn't do that because he has a big ego and he won't acknowledge that he even knows me. So, I mean, even if all that is true,
0: wouldn't it be, I mean, isn't even isn't it still beneficial that he's talking about what he's talking about because it would push people toward the free state project And it, I, for the record. I don't think that's true. Like he did have Jeremy on his show and he has talked about the free state project. Uh, he talks up, you know, I don't know. Like, I, I don't think he's not pushed people toward the free state project. I think, you know, in some ways he does a lot more than any of us could because of the size of his
3: profile. So, weirdly enough read like i actually like we reach out to new movers and we try and get data from new movers people who move for the free state project and ask them why they moved what motivated you to move who introduced you to us like where'd you hear about the free state project from i have yet once never had someone say they heard about the free state project via dave smith i've had quite a few people in the past couple years say they heard about it after listening to your show
0: like a lot of people find out about me from dave smith you know, like, I, I I, mean, even when he just shouts me out occasionally, you know, I'll get a 100 people that'll follow the show. So I, I don't think I don't think your premise is accurate. Like, I think, I mean, the more I mean, we can burn all our bridges here in New Hampshire and have none left. But then, I mean, it just kills. Our then we reach. won't have
3: to worry about anybody coming from Massachusetts. We'll burn the bridge, build a wall. <laughs>
4: Yeah.
0: I don't know. I agree with you, Adam. Like, I, I wish everyone could get along. It, it it makes me sad when... I mean, I do think some people are too sensitive. I, I'll agree with Justin on that. Like, Ju- I Justin could freak out at me. I've had friends freak out at me and just kind of move beyond it. Uh, You know, like, I've had arguments with people and, um, you know, people have said stuff that I don't agree with and I find ridiculous or whatever. And I just move on because of the bigger picture. And I wish more people could do that. I wish... I mean, because there, there are people who agree on most things and some people who are even in the free state project in some way who don't talk to each other because they've held grudges for three years over something. And it is just like, come on, guys, I <laughs> can't you see the bigger picture here. So I agree with you, Adam. I think it's I think it's uh, I think it's inherent to libertarianism, though, that you have too many chiefs, not enough Indians and people just kind of. You
3: know, I think we have we have too many talking heads and not enough people doing the work that matters. Like, Reed, you came to an event last night here in Manchester where we had like that was one of the most important events of the year. Mm -hmm. and like there was what 40 people in the room of thousands of free staters maybe 40 people showed up and those are the 40 people that are going to do all the actual fucking work to make sure liberty prevails and push forward like actual gains in liberty in the next year it's not going to be the thousands of people who showed up who listen to podcasts who make podcasts who go out and do shit it's going to be the 40 people in that room who are going to spend their time reviewing legislation writing legislation lobbying making sure Votes are counted ahead of time, making sure the right state reps are in the right rooms and making the introductions to make sure that the state doesn't expand and it is in fact reduced. And it's going to be those forty people who get shit done, and I will go out of my way to not burn bridges with the majority of those forty people because they're the ones who matter at the end of the day.
0: Fair enough. I just think we all have a different role. You know, some of the, some people sure. are better at different stuff, and something that. I might look at as completely useless, you know, like I I know people who became libertarians because of Gary Johnson. And that to me is kind of surprising. It's like, wow. Okay. Whatever. But I, I know people who
3: specifically joined the Libertarian Party because of Gary Johnson, because how upset they were over him and how upset they were about him and Bill Weld representing libertarianism. And they joined the Libertarian Party with the sole mission of becoming delegates to make sure a candidate like Gary Johnson and Bill Weld could never be nominated again. And Dave Smith's recent actions endorsing shitty Republicans has driven them to become never Dave Smith delegates. So Eric, this is all just reinforcing your position that you'll
0: always watch from afar and never get involved with the Libertarian Party, right? Yeah,
1: I mean, I made this point um with I this is the smart
3: person in the room. Eric's the big brain here.
1: Uh, <laughs> I don't know about that one. Um well, I I mean, uh, I've spent time with all you guys in person, especially Adam and Reed, we you know, road trip there down to Virginia. I you know, I just I try to I try to get along with people and, and I'm I'll disagree with people and we can have disagreements, but I just, I have a hard time with confrontation and, and argument and, and that sort of thing. And, and I know that's part of politics. I understand that. That's the side of politics that I've just never enjoyed and, and never been big on. So, you know, I, I just joining a party and, and, and getting in deep like that. And it just turns into fa- factions and it's divisive. And, and you're right, Justin, a lot of people, are, are not people who get things done or out in the ground or, well, or doing anything ad- advancing a cause. I, I agree with you on that. And, you know, I have for the last 20 years done a lot of that and I am pretty burnt out on it. So I've, like Reed said, everybody has something that they do. And for me, podcasting and doing this show um, has been my way of, of still being involved and putting out what yeah, I Yeah, but you're
3: also not out there telling other people how to do things.
1: No, exactly. And and, yeah, I'm not an authoritarian. I'm not a dictator. I'm really live and let live, man. And a lot more people could, could be better about that. Um, and also I just take people for as they are, man, and who they are. I just say, Hey, that's what that person is. It's what they're all about. You know, Are you familiar
3: with Sayer's law? Sayer? Sayer's law. Sayer's law, uh, defines that the, uh, the level of emotion in a particular argument or disagreement will be inversely proportional to the stakes of the argument. So, like, the less at stake, the more emotional and bigger the argument will be. Um, Now, like, I take a big view at like libertarian party infighting and how fucking emotional and argumentative people get over it because there's nothing at stake they're arguing over who is going to be ineffective they're arguing over the keys to a twitter account who is going to shit post their way to irrelevance faster and who is going to have less of an effect on the national political scale instead of focusing on things that matter that's what the libertarian party has become On a whole national scale, instead of people actually working towards meaningful incremental local change or migrational change or coming to New Hampshire and engaging in the Free State Project, the only successful libertarian movement in the past 50 years, um, like, people, like, there, there is so little at stake in the Libertarian Party that it, fla- it blows my mind why people get so emotionally involved in it at all. I don't tether my emotions to things. I'll be an asshole, and I will burn bridges, no problem. But, like, on the flip side, I have no social consequences for that at all. Because we have such a robust social community of Libertarianism and people who share our values and cultures here in New Hampshire— that I'm not reliant on making friends online to validate myself and not be depressed and fucking miserable and thinking about blowing my brains out every day like most of the libertarians in the country because their Twitter community is the only thing they have. Hmm. That's interesting.
1: Yeah, well, there, there are, So for some people, I mean, I have a pretty big social network and I know a lot of different people and I think I just, I, I go out of my way to not, be divisive with people and 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 be at odds with people. So, whereas I know Justin, you're the opposite of that. So, but that's okay, man. That's your style, man. That, and I, that, I don't go do out of
3: my way to do it. It's well, just that you go I'm out not going. It's just like if if you don't conflict shy away presents from to me, you don't yeah, shy away. Conflict presents. I don't know
0: if that's quite accurate. <laughs> like you don't you seek it out a little. Does bit, he seek it out read? Bit. Yeah, a
3: little bit. Not. I put myself in positions where conflict is more prevalent than not. Okay. But I don't actively seek out conflict. But if conflict arises, I'm not going to shy away from it.
0: Well, let's put it this way like, you don't purposefully start conflicts, but once they start, I will end. He he well, ignores off ramps. I will I, attempt to end them. <laughs> I'm not saying end them is even the right word. Yeah, I, I like I like Eric's explanation yeah. more. You avoid off ramps.
3: Oh, he, like, he could go past sure, 15 yeah. off ramps and just he
1: doesn't even see them. I mean, know? I know yeah. you're not
0: a truck driver, Justin, but we have these yeah. things you've probably seen them in the mountains, they're called runaway truck ramps. And you're yep. if you lose your brakes, you're supposed to go <laughs> off one of those truck ramps and stop. But Justin is like fully loaded, just fucking full throttle down the grade, ignoring all the fucking runaway truck ramps and, nope. you know, just goes crashing into something and everyone kind of watches and cringes from the sidelines. But, you know, it, <laughs> then I it's walk Austin, away from the crash, J- unharmed.
3: Fucking
1: Watches and cringes. <laughs> but I think also, I mean, and this is for me, it's important for my experience in my life to have connections and friends that are outside of activism and politics. And sure. I know them from other parts and periods of my life. And, th- and I think that's a nice, balancing aspect and and from what i've observed being around libertarians and libertarian politics for many years a lot of people in the liberty movement don't have that
3: no they don't at all And that
1: puts a lot of people off and i can understand that and that's that's one of the things that kind of just stops me from completely going all in and being a libertarian because like you said justin a lot of it's just who's going (laughs) to step forward to run into that wall and run into that wall and do something that ends up just being a waste of time
3: like it if you ever go to, a, if you ever get the chance to go to a Libertarian National Party convention, it's a blast. Do not go as a delegate. Don't waste your fucking oh, yeah, money that. to be a delegate. <laughs> but if you get the chance to go, like the parties and the social activities are amazing. Sure. And they know how to throw a party because it's the only time of year most of them ever get to see their friends in person. Yeah. Not behind a screen. Right. Mm. Maybe so, we'll go maybe, next year, Adam. Maybe that'll be our, is, our big
1: road trip next year.
0: Oh man, we should, you should. But also, the weaponized autism is terrifying. Like, there's people who obviously never talk to anyone outside of the libertarian movement. And they're like, hey, will you sit down and talk to an hour with me about this idea I had about how voluntarily, voluntary cannibalism could really be a thing? It's just like, no, no, no. (laughs) I saw that Twitter thread today. (laughs) We're not, we're not going to do that. I didn't even, there was a Twitter thread. I wasn't even aware. There was
3: a Twitter thread today. Somebody was like, uh, Freaking, what other than the ick factor, what's actually wrong with cannibalism? If two parties consent to it oh, and the deceased God. has no uh, and the deceased prior consented to having their flesh being eaten, what's the problem? Next week, obviously, this could only happen under communism because yeah. under a capitalist system, it would be exploited.
1: Now, <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even know where to go with that, but Adam, you've made this point and I'll reinforce this. Um, outside of the libertarians, there is no meaningful Serious gathering of anti-imperialists who are really hardcore, really well informed on it, really up on it, smart, passionate, and articulate about it. The libertarians have that hands down in American politics. Maybe there's some people on the left um, uh, who are who are good with um, anti-imperialists. You know, Dennis Kucinich has always been good about it. Caitlin Johnston, yep, she's awesome. Abby and Robbie Martin are awesome. Um, Jimmy Dore is great on it.
3: That Irish bitch, uh, she the fucking oh, the Irish socialist. Yeah, she's oh, Irish. she's based.
1: I love her. I retweet <laughs> her all the time. But, um, Dude, who's this Samira you
0: know, Khan person? Do you ever? Do you know who she Al is, Jazeera. Justin? No.
1: Yeah, she just she's put with up Al Jazeera. With Al Jazeera about talking about Israel and everything. Yeah, you, she's you know, make you make based. that point a lot, Adam, <laughs> about how it is the libertarians and the liberty minded people. So that's one of the things that keeps me promoting libertarians and mm-hmm. most of their messaging on foreign policy and the drug war, obviously in surveillance and privacy. So I have to give the libertarians that credit. And then that's, that's one of the things that will keep me libertarian adjacent for sure.
4: Yeah. So if I can follow up on that, um, the only reason why I went, well, one of the major reasons why I wanted to go with you and Reed to that libertarian conference was to see for myself if the libertarian movement was basically a movement worth getting behind and when I went there, I basically commiserated with young and old people that were there. And I'm I'm more of a dreamy type of visionary and something that uh is totally uh not feasible because of the realistic approach, because there's a battle voyage within me. I'm a hopeless pessimist, but meanwhile, I have to think that maybe there's a um, you know, there's a prospective future for us, is that um, and I'm sure Justin's going to crush all this in a matter of seconds. So, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, so I'm basically thinking that, you know, either we could just basically wait for the country to fall into a complete disarray, anarchy and chaos and destruction, or we can actually work within our circle of libertarian movement or whatever independent or whatever movement that can get the ball rolling and try to reach out to the competing sectarian movements of like the Democratic Party, the Republican Party, the independents, all these other movements and try to get to the fence sitters. And you get to the fence sitters, you could probably get more and more people behind it. All of a sudden, people start getting a hold of you and notice you. And look, I mean, this is a, a dream, uh, you know, fantasy. But I mean, it's a, it's a fantasy worth trying to fight for. It's an effort. And I'm willing to get behind that. If I can get people like Justin or Dave Smith and Ryan Dawson and other people to get, Hey, just put aside the differences for now and try to fight the real evil. And believe me, there's a real evil out there and it's the federal government. And Adam is the new Liberty
0: Uniter, you know, I'm willing to fight for that.
4: And I'm willing to get behind all three of you guys. Now, you know, I don't know you personally, but Hey, I'll get behind you guys to fight this real fight because this fight's worth fighting for. And I don't have kids. So if anybody here has children or your loved ones have children, well, guess what? Aren't they worth fighting for for the future of this country? I think so. And sure. you know what? If I, you know, that's, that's what I believe. Here's the thing. I just don't believe
3: there are enough people. I don't believe there are enough fence sitters and people in the middle that could be reached. That I don't think there's enough people that share the ethics, morals, and values of libertarianism to make a difference. Mm. Well, I
4: can't can't listen. I can't disagree with this because there's a part of me that basically does say it's like the devil and an angel on my shoulder. Is basically it's a part of me that says, you know, it's it's a fruit, it's a waste of of an effort because most people will just simply pick the blue or the red or the you know the two evils. But I have to. At the other hand, I have to believe. I have to have that faith, and I'm a secularist. I have to have that modicum of faith to believe that yes. It is possible to reach those people. Either that or I could just, you know, go off and get two eight balls and just sniff them my way to, you know, a bungee death after three days.
3: Now you're talking my language. Yeah. <laughs> I've been there.
4: I've done that. But, I mean, look, I, I would rather fight a good fight and fight a good cause. That's what and, I would
1: And do. you do, Adam. You do, man. And, and we read and we all love what you do and support what you do. And anyone wanting to know about 9-11, I send them to you and Dawson. And, and I think more people should do that.
4: I think I agree with Justin. I think uh, there should be more on physical activism. And that's something that DJ Thermodetonator Detonator taught me once is that street activism is where it's at. And if you're got feet on the ground, then it you means you're doing something and you're sacrificing something because you're putting yourself out there. Um, you know, online activism. Yeah. My name's out there, but you know what? Um, I'd like to do a lot more. And if I could, I would, but, um, it's hard to find like-minded people like this that are basically, you know, willing to uh, go against the, the narrative, you know, and it's hard. Well, The other
0: problem is we have an autism issue with, uh, you know, you're personable, Adam, you know, like I've hung out with you in real life and you're friendly and you can carry a conversation and you have a sense of humor. And so few of the people who, are in this sphere are able to do that I mean man like you should you li- you really you really should go to the libertarian convention in 2024 just to witness it it's uh I'm not sure a word aside from amazing really uh you know encapsulates what it's like um, well we'll see because the next one's in DC
1: I was gonna ask next year's in DC
0: uh yeah. well it's 2024, 2024.
1: yeah but oh, well they don't oh okay they don't do a national convention though every year
0: just every two years because oh, for okay. the um so this last one, you know, it was a the, the Reno reset. No, yeah, no presidential stuff. It was all just party officers and you know agenda and stuff like that. But next time it'll be the uh, presidential and vice presidential candidate. So it'll be interesting.
1: So that one's going to be in D.C. in twenty four, Justin.
4: Yep. Yep. Oh, that, if you want, I'll, I'll go with you. That Zarin. might be
1: that might be fun, Adam. When, yeah. Do, do we know if, what time of year that will be?
0: I. May yeah, so we can all we can all pile in my uh, Honda Civic and head down there again. <laughs> this Adam, time we're, and...
1: we're gonna rent a fucking Escalade or something. I don't. We're gonna get
0: a limousine, so yeah, we're just so Adam can lie down. You know,
4: it <laughs> <laughs> was oh. worth the sacrifice. I'll tell you that
0: it was. It was fun, but Adam, yeah. you should come up to Pork Fest next year. That would be fun. We're trying to try and get everyone to come out and check it out.
4: I heard that's a really good time. There's a lot of people that come there is that right it is
0: yeah we're trying to get um i think pat mcfarland said he might go and
3: uh a few other people so and it's mostly the type of people who actually do meaningful shit
4: yeah
0: and it's funny i saw someone say pork fest isn't real life and it's like well it's not it's not it's not but the whole like sitting around a campfire and shooting guns and smoking weed or whatever like it's pretty average Friday night in New Hampshire with the libertarian Shit. people. So, you know, that part is pretty. Yeah, for a lot of granite
1: staters. It's fun for them. Yeah, the two pork fests. I, I went last year and I went this year and I enjoyed myself. I had a, I had a lot of fun. I meet a lot of interesting people from
3: all across the spectrum. Uh,
4: the
0: spectrum
3: have... being the key word there. <laughs>
0: oh, there. There's
3: a couple different spectrums that work. <laughs> okay, that's true. That's true.
0: But yeah, all was... right, guys. Well, let's uh let's call it a night. Uh, I got to get up super early tomorrow, but um, yeah, that was that was interesting. I'll, I'll say that much. That was definitely a first. <laughs> um, it's too bad. I actually was looking for forward... I, I, I knew Justin and Ryan were going to be uh, you know, they they have very similar energy, so I knew they were going to butt heads, but I was hoping we could get a whole show because there's a lot of interesting overlap <laughs> in discussion that could have happened but oh well
3: here we are so
0: um eric
3: like i said I i i actually agree with almost everything ryan says it's just his how he presents it that turns me off and he just comes off as boring that's my biggest criticism of him like when he actually like gets into the weeds of shit he's Incredibly well versed, and he's brilliant. I just wish that someone like him could be more energetic and enthusiastic when he presents his Justin, points.
1: You're going to have to go back Reed, You're going to have to show him his fucking written house rant that he went on in one yeah, of our Yeah, you haven't
3: seen special, the written house rant. One
1: of the most obviously. passionate, based, <laughs> and brilliant, energized rants I've ever seen anyone give. So, Ryan, Ryan's a, he Ryan's a passionate guy. I, I'm yeah. bummed tonight went the way it did, but hey, it's all right, man. That's life. It's only rock and roll, but I like it. I'm glad that you were able to join us, Justin. I'm glad you could join us. Um, yeah, no, the 20th four horsemen, you know, it's, uh, it's always a fun time. We had to
0: have something interesting happen on the 20th four horsemen, it's you not, know, they had to be, you No, know, we, we are wrestling
1: fans. So. We're big wrestling fans. Sometimes you're going to see some
0: wrestling happen that you didn't expect to happen. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I actually might have the written house rant. Everyone uh, knows where to find
1: me Jackman radio on all the platforms. And, um, don't, I don't have any comedy shows right now, but uh, yeah. I am going to be writing a new hour of material for Trump's comeback. I'm going to be doing a pretty big um, put putting a show together for that, because once the king does announce and he comes back, um, the act's going to be in demand a lot more. My Trump act is always in demand when there's an election going on. So I'm looking forward to that. So I'll keep people posted on that. And we're going to be doing shows around that in the next year. So that's going to be a lot of fun.
0: Justin, you got your book that you're trying to sell. Um,
3: yeah. So you got to go to tinyurl.com slash 101NH. You can download a free copy of Live Free and Thrive right now. Limited time. Tomorrow's actually the last day to get it, the 15th, 14th, uh, for free, before Amazon starts charging money for it. Uh, it's currently a number one bestseller, which mm-hmm. I did not expect to happen. To be perfectly frank, I thought we could break the top 100 list, but didn't expect it to be a number one bestseller. Uh, But you can go check it out and get it for free. It's all about all the tangible wins Free State Project activists have had in New Hampshire for the past 20 years and how we've made New Hampshire the most free state in the country. So uh, go check it out. It's absolutely free for a limited time.
1: And and also, read. I dropped my Venmo and my brother's Venmo info. That's the best way to support uh, us right now, either become a monthly patron, or if you like uh, impersonations we do, you want to send us a tip. Any of our stuff, we appreciate the support on Venmo. That's uh, the best way to support us. So thank you. Now I'm not part of that Bitcoin thing that just went down. I'll I'll let everyone know that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've also always been a Bitcoin skeptic. I used to be like a a gold bug, which I'm not anymore. But I'm I also yeah. I've anyone who's followed me for a while knows I've always kind of been on the fence about it but uh adam uh you weren't a planned guest but thanks for coming on tonight where can of people course. keep up with your work
4: yeah yeah hey listen just google my name adam fitzgerald 911 i actually pop up um um and actually uh yeah i don't take uh bitcoin but i do take ebt so you know i'll take that there you go <laughs>
3: <laughs> ebt the original cryptocurrency
4: that's right guys when uh, I someone said UK,
0: I will probably delete this. I will not. It's up there already. So it is what it is. Um, infoboards.com. <laughs> you can go back and watch what happened if you just jumped in. Um, anyway, that's it guys. We'll like, uh, I'm supposed to, I'm going to have Derek Prue on Tuesday night. He is pushing defend the guard legislation here in New Hampshire. He was at the meeting that Justin was talking about last night. Um, and he's trying to find uh, a sponsor and he's not having a lot of luck. It's a, bill that's kind of hard to push through and you have to put a lot of work into it it's not one that you just introduce and it takes care of itself um so yeah we'll have him on tuesday night and uh got more shows coming after that uh if you're new to the channel please subscribe um and yeah with that we'll catch you guys on the next stream thanks everyone